the real learning happens on the field, not in the classroom. And you have to put yourself in the game and then be willing to go back and watch your game film. And that's where the true learning and growth happens. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm your host, Matt Smith, founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. This podcast, this platform is a movement to give back to this amazing industry that's given so much to me and my family. So appreciate you tuning in and listening. And today we have a very special episode. We've got a very special guest, my good friend, my brother, my coaching client, Antoine Thomas. What's up, Antoine? What's up, my brother? Uh, man, I've been looking forward to this day for a, for a minute. So I'm very excited to be here and provide some value to the community. Dude, I appreciate you. Uh your contributions, your willingness to be on here and share. And um, you've got an amazing story, an amazing journey. And you and I get the privilege of talking each and every week. So I know you have yeah. value to provide um, to this audience. So, dude, I'm super, super excited for this one. So, um, dude, let's dive right in. Who is Antoine Thomas? What does your team look like currently? Tell us a little bit about you and your story. Yeah, sure. Uh, who is Antoine Thomas? Antoine Thomas is from a small town here in Indiana where we got cornfields and I'm from I'm from Purdue University country so if you know anything about the Boilermakers that's where I currently reside that's where I was born too but yeah just humble beginnings you know I was raised by a single mother and she did a very good job of taking care of me and my brother um she instilled in me from a very early age to because she was a business owner herself and she ran a beauty salon and she instilled in me from a very early age to make sure you take care of people you contribute you provide value to people, right? And growing up, you know, that was what I did. You know, I I uh, was able to graduate high school, went to Purdue University, was actually going to be a lawyer. Wow. And yeah, we I was I was going to school to be a lawyer. And then I had an internship, found out lawyer was not for me. That was, it just wasn't what I wanted to get into. And then uh had to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and decided to get into real estate after reading a couple books. You probably read one of these, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. So that kind of got me into the mindset of, okay, you know what? Let me try this real estate thing. And I've always been obsessed with learning. So as I was taking my course and everything, I, I was trying to learn about like, you know, how do you, how do, you do business in real estate? Got into real estate. First year, was able to help 31 families. My first year was Rookie of the Year at the REMAX office I was at. And from there, just... Kept growing, kept growing, kept growing, increased my business by 15 to 25 percent year over year. And uh, so, yeah, humble, humble beginnings. And now we have an organization of about uh, 19 people now. Uh, we're on pace to help right around 150 families this year. And our goal is to get to a thousand families by 2026. Dude, that's awesome. I love it. Um I, th I think it's so crazy. And then again, you and I talk weekly and, and more than weekly, um, sometimes mm -hmm. daily. And I think um, every time I talk to you, uh, it's crazy to me how similar our stories are, right? You mentioned small town, humble beginnings. Yeah. You're rookie of the year, your first year in real estate. Real yeah. estate wasn't something you dreamed of doing. You kind of fell into it as you were looking for more in life. Um, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy how in alignment our stories are. I love it. Um, and I also love that you said, and I wrote it down, is that you're obsessed with learning. Yes. I think that a lot of times um, people look at maybe your career path. Maybe it's an agent that's uh, new in their journey that's listening. And they like, how does Antoine built this team from starting up to now he's got 19 agents. And he's growing like crazy in this crazy market. 
I think it all boils down to you're obsessed with learning and growing and you're not afraid to to go out and have failures and do this new thing. I almost said try, but we don't try things, right? We would go out and do this new thing to see if it's going to work or not. Um, yep. And not afraid of failure and always trying to find the next best, best thing and, and willing to learn. So I love that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's something yeah. for me where I, I noticed that you can, you can be two different people. You could be a, a lifelong learner, but you never implement, or you could be somebody who does both. Right. And that's something that I definitely learned at an early age is like, I don't have much time. As a matter of fact, when I got into real estate, I had a young family. I like, we just had our second child and, you know, my wife was going to going through nursing school and we had to like pay for that stuff. Yeah. I didn't have time to waste. So I was learning, but more importantly, I was taking action. I think a lot of people forget that you got to take action. And actually the more context you get from taking action, you actually learn more. You know, like you could be a professional student, but if you're not taking action, all you are is a professional student. So, yes, Dude, gotta... that, that goes into one of my pet peeves. And I can tell you're passionate about it, too, is like and I think that people have the right intentions when they get stuck in that. Right. Because you hear everywhere. Well, I need to learn. I need to be a lifelong learner. I need to learn more things. But yeah. I think where people maybe misinterpret or don't understand at the level that would help them in their life is just gaining the knowledge doesn't do you any good. Like as an example, I remember in my elementary school, they had written on the walls everywhere. Knowledge is power. They were wrong. <laughs> knowledge is useless without yep. the implementation of that knowledge. So yes. implementation of that knowledge is where you find your power. And I think a lot of people get stuck and they want the, the perfect plan. I want to know how to, before I make phone calls, I need to be perfect at role play. Before I mm -hmm. lead generate, I need to be perfect at marketing. Before I start a real estate team, I need the perfect model. Before I become a leader, I need to have the perfect leadership language. And what happens when people get stuck in that and they need to learn everything, they end up not learning what they need to learn because the real learning happens on the field, not in the classroom. And you have to put yourself in the game and then be willing to go back and watch your game film. And that's where the true learning and growth happens. Dude, I, I love that. I, I love this conversation. Uh, one more thing I want to add to that, Matt, because you just got every time you talk, you you have me think more. So I appreciate you for that. <sighs> OK, because we talk about this in our in our team all the time. Right. And also be mindful who you're learning from, too. Yes. Like, be mindful who you're learning from. Like, if, if I want to get in shape, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk to somebody who's in bad shape. If I want to become a better, uh, you know, company owner, team leader, I need to talk to people who already have that established and they're wanting more, right? Don't talk to somebody who's maybe at the same, you can get perspectives. That's great, right? But be mindful. Who are you learning from? Which books are you reading? Is it, uh, are you learning from people that have what you want? Because I think a lot of times we get advice from people. And and by the way, I want to make this very clear because I have love for everyone. Some of the people you get advice from, like family, I know that they love you. They care for you. It doesn't mean it's a, it's good advice. That's right. Okay? So just, just because they mind. have the best intentions doesn't mean the vi advice is valid. Yes. Yes. So. Um, no, nah, that just got my wheel spinning. So Dude, that's no, yeah, we could, we could do the whole podcast just on this topic, um, because <laughs> yeah. there's so much there. Like I think, and, and it's crazy. Um, you said every time I talk, you get your wheels turning, dude, every time that you've said something, it gets my wheels turning. So like I, we are so in alignment with how we think, 
Um, I think that's why we work so well together in our coaching relationship and why you're continuing to dominate um, and outpace the market is because mm-hmm. like, as an example, right now you can go online in the world we live in back when we started our journeys, it was not like it is now, right? Like, how did you start? You read a book, what well, books still exist, but how many books right now are great marketers and not great books because they actually learned how by doing right. Like used to, to be a person of influence, you had to accomplish something to be that person. In today's world, you just got to be able to take nice pictures and pay bots to add to your account. And all of a sudden now you're a quote unquote influencer. And what you really do is you professionally tell people you're an influencer and you don't really build any business other than you build an influencer business. And I think what people fall into the trap is that they they go and they buy that course or they do this thing from this person that hasn't actually done it. And I, I think you and I are in alignment with, I don't believe in theory, I believe in proven, right? And so whether it's health and fitness, whether it's relationships, whether it's your family, whether it's being a great dad, being a great husband or a great wife or building a great business, being a great uh, leader, being a great team partner, whatever it may be. Find a mentor, a coach, someone that has actually done it. They have walked the talk. They don't just talk the talk. They have walked the path. And I promise you, you will learn real lessons. They may not sound what's crazy is the real lessons don't sound as appealing or as quote unquote sexy as some of these people that can sell great lessons because they're packaging something to sell versus giving you true lessons that they've actually learned and acquired. 100%. And don't be afraid of the price tag. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people, too, that are they come from that that heart of a teacher and they want to contribute. Yes. Be mindful of their character, not just their accomplishments, but who, who they are as a human being. Uh, if they really genuinely are invested in you, you're going to get the best coaching, the best support, the best mentorship possible. If they're just trying to make another buck, then you're probably not going to get the type of support that you need. So keep in mind, look at their actual personal life. And do they have a good marriage? Do they have are other areas of their life in in a in a place to where you can see it and respect it. That's and right. are these people in a great financial position to where they don't need your money? That's right. Those people are going to be the ones coming from the heart and actually leading you down a path that is going to benefit you and not necessarily benefit them, but they're giving you value. So just yeah. something to keep in mind too. 100%. One more thing on that and then we'll move to the next thing because I think so many people <laughs> yeah. misinterpret this. This is so good. Like this right here, you're going to get tremendous value. If you actually go back and re-listen to this and apply this to your life, I promise anyone can take lessons from this, including myself. But as an example, some people like I talk to coaching clients, prospective people reach out to me daily from the content I put out. And I absolutely love having these conversations. And a common theme that I hear from people is, well, you just make it sound so simple. And I want people to understand real operators, people that have really done it and really want to help you, they make it sound simple so that you think you can accomplish it too. Because if I was trying to sell people something, I would create this 98 point checklist that everyone had to follow. And it was so complex and so compound that I could sell this course for way more money. But Mm -hmm. my intention and the people of the hearts of contributors of people that I'm in alignment with truly want to help people. And so what we do is we break it down into bite-sized, simple pieces and simple is scalable, simple other people can do. And if it sounds simple by someone you want to learn from, don't discount that as that's less valuable. And as a matter of fact, that is more valuable because that means if it's, they can simplify it where you can understand it, you can apply it to your life and your business. And so simplification is a superpower. It's not a, oh, well, that's not worth as much. 
No, it's worth 10 times as much because if it's simplified where you can understand it, that means you can actually apply it. All right, cool, dude. We learned, <laughs> I learned a lot. This is good stuff. Um, all right. So let's talk about let's talk about your team a little bit. So you said your first year you sold 30, you served 31 families. This year you're on pace for 150 families served. Um, yep. despite your marketplace being down what 30% or so? Yep, 27%. 27%. Um, so outpacing the market. Um, continuing to grow, continuing to recruit, continue investing in your growth, your coaching, your leadership, um, your your leads, your opportunities for your agents. Um, let's walk through your mindset of a leader really quick of how does your mind work whenever the market's down 27%? Interest rates are the highest they've been in 22 years. Inventory is hard to find. Buyers, it's hard to get them to have an honest conversation about why now is a good time to buy. Transactions are down. The marketplace is just, there's a lot of changes. How are you using those changes as an opportunity for yourself, your leadership, and your team to grow through? That is a fantastic question. And so what, what I've noticed is, and this is someone who's not in production, as I don't sell homes and I stepped out of production in 2021. And before stepping out of production, we had a very small Navy SEALs team. It was in 2020, this is obviously the COVID time, we did 118 deals with three agents, okay? So I had, that was my mindset. When I stepped out of production, I know how to sell homes. I, I, I can do that at a high level. I can go on a listing appointment today and 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 be able to convert a seller into a listing. I can go well, meet I wanna, with a I want to add add a note there because I've okay. done this in front of rooms that I know where you're going. Let me just add some clarification. Don't tune out when he says I'm out of production. That doesn't mean he's not in the trenches each and every day. I was at yes. a mastermind in Phoenix and I saw the whole room. I said, well, I haven't sold a house in three years. And the whole room's like, huh, why are we listening to this guy? No, I promise you, Antoine is side by side with his agents in the trenches on a daily basis. He just focuses on developing other people versus him taking taking the good leads and the, the listings and all that stuff for himself. He's in, a, he's, in a, he's in his second mountain of life to help other people. And so as an example, and again, let me just for clarity here, I have an inside scoop in his business. When things got really, really tough five, six months ago, Antoine got back into production. So he knows what he's talking about. Don't let that mistake, don't mistake that, that phrase for, well, this guy's out of production. I can't learn anything because it's the exact opposite. Yeah. And, and actually that's the, that's where I was going to say is being in production. I was, I've been in real estate a decade being in production became easier for me because I've been doing it for a while. Yes. Right. When I stepped out of production, I realized being a high level agent is completely different than being a high level leader. Yep. There are two totally different things. So when I, when I was in production, be right before I stepped out, I believe I was at the the height of my skill set, my confidence level, and then I completely dropped down to day one being back in a business when I stepped start, out. You were at tier 10 and you start back at tier one. Yeah. And here's the here's the issue. I did not know that. I did not know. And I got hit in the mouth pretty hard. So I realized quickly that as a leader, what do you do in an organization? Because Matt mentioned that I'm in the trenches still. Like I'm I don't even we I don't even have an office. Okay. Like we're 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 in our media room right here. I'm out there next to the agents and I'm making prospecting calls as well with them, showing them how it's done. I'm leading role plays. I'm doing stuff like that. But I didn't understand the importance of that when I first stepped out of production. Mm -hmm. So when the market did shift, I realized that they needed me more than ever to show them the way to lead by example. 
And so I, like Matt mentioned, I doubled down. I, you know, we would make prospecting calls together. I'm hitting the gong with them when we set appointments, right? But I'm not only calling consumers like buyers and sellers, but now I'm calling people that are interested in joining our team. And I'm showing them this is the way it's done. Even though the market is down 27% in our local market, got to keep in mind, we're up 2% year over year. So we're, we're beating the market. We're doing well. However, what if we can do more? And here's how you do more. Here's let me show you how to do it. For those and, of you that may be struggling, don't have a calculator. That means he is beating the market by 29%. I want to put that in perspective. He's outpacing yes. the market 29%. Yes, yes. Now, now here's a challenge. That was one challenge is now trying to learn what do I do daily to make sure that I'm leading at the highest level. And I have a lot of people in my life to thank for that. Matt is one of them, right? He's really taught me a lot oh, about thank you. how to be a high level leader. Now, another challenge that I had is due to my personality, I'm a, you know, you could think of people like David Goggins, you could think of the mama mentality, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, high level achievers. And I don't, I'm not saying I'm a high level achiever, but I do consider myself someone who is very like passionate about being the best I can be. Yes. And if I'm not being that, or if I'm not striving every single day, then I get, I, I don't feel good. Right. And I'm going to be, and can I be vulnerable? Like, yeah, please. Okay. <clears throat> one of the, one thing that I struggle with is, is being like, I'm not good enough. Sure. And because of that, I believe that I, I, I strive to work extremely hard every single day. And with that, it could be super draining to work with me, to be partners with me. I feel you. So one of the things that I've really been working on, and we'll be talking about the market being down, it's much easier to be harder on your team. But now learning how to make sure that we we reinforce positivity, the, the proper activities now, we are reinforcing that by giving acknowledge, acknowledgements, shouting, shouting those out doing it alongside with them instead of like raining down on them all the time. I think if, if it weren't for that switch, I don't know if we'd be where we're at today. And just to get more context before I throw it back to you, Matt, <clears throat> our team has grown, has more than doubled this year. Last year, when we, we did 130 deals last year, we only had seven agents. Okay. Everybody who's on our team today, except for two people are less than a year and a half of experience. So we're a, full, a team full of brand new agents. So think about it. It was even more important for me to come in and show them the way yep. instead of me trying to hide up in my ivory tower and just say, hey, you know, this is what, here's this training, go do it, right? We had to double down on accountability. We had to double down on Antoine Lee by example. And, 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 I, and again, this is something I'm still continuing to work on, but in the market shift, this has been the focus. I did so much there. Um, if you are in a, a leader or an aspiring leader, go back and re-listen to that. There's so many lessons that he that he highlighted there. I'm going to talk about a couple of them quickly. Is and by the way, if you're not a leader, I just post a video on this today. As a matter of fact, everybody is a leader to someone in their life. So yes. don't have the mentality of "Well, I'm not a leader; it doesn't apply." There is someone in your life that looks up to you whether it's someone, a family member, a friend, a kid, uh, your spouse, someone you work with, there's, you are leading someone, whether you realize it or not. So I believe, and I believe Antoine would probably share in this belief. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but there's one leadership style. There's one that works. There's several styles, but there's one that works. And we've all heard of servant leadership. We've all heard of lead by example. I combine the two. You have to be a servant leader by example. 
And so servant leadership, like here's an example that I've given to my leadership team is I'm, I'm now in my phase of developing other leaders too. Right. And um, like, as an example, in our built in our beautiful building, we remodeled, like I park furthest away from the building each and every day. No one will park further away from the building than me because they need the parking spots that are close. I'll walk, walk further. Right. Like that's a simple example. But that's being a servant leader. I, as a leader, we had a uh, team meeting yesterday where we talked about this. And, I, and Antoine, you, you're just reminding me of these things is that I don't have the mindset of anyone works for me. As an example, I get asked all the time through my journey of, wow, man, I see you're growing. How many people work for you now? And I have to correct them every time. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate your support. But just so you know, Antoine, I don't have I don't have anybody that works for me. I have 68 amazing people that work with me every day. And they work with me because I'm a servant leader by example. I'm not sitting in my ivory tower, cracking the whip, saying, do more, do more. Does that mean I don't push them? I don't inspire them. I don't try to get the best out of them. Of course I do. But I do that by being a servant leader to help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I'm in the trenches just like Antoine with them each and every day. So I think there's a lot of lessons there. And I think one of the things, too, um, that we can all learn from that is when things get tough, the market's down. It's tough. What do most leaders do? I think lead, most people have leaders wrong. This isn't a leadership episode, but there's a lot of great leadership lessons we can all learn. I think, and, and when I say leadership, sometimes we think that's an external factor. We're leaders for ourselves too. Our thoughts lead our actions. Our thoughts lead our happiness, our joy in, in life. And so what are our internal thoughts? When the market is down and times are tough, we tend to be harder on ourselves. Right. As a leader, when someone is struggling, someone's not doing the activity, it's easy to say, I need to ride them harder so they do more. What I have found more effective is the exact opposite of what we think naturally. When someone is struggling, it's because there's something that is they're not connecting the dots. It's not that they don't know what they need to do. There's something struggling. They're getting they're struggling on how to do it or where to get started, or they're having a bad day or a bad week. There's something going on in their personal life. Something is happening. Instead of needing pushed, they need that safety. They need someone to be like, you know what? It's okay. We all struggle. What's going on? How can we help you get back on track? Let's take baby steps to get you back to this massive commitment that you had. Let's get you some small wins. And they need that positivity reinforced versus riding them harder. Now, the exact opposite of let's say someone's just crushing it right now. Let's say Antoine is just on a roll and he is crushing it. If I'm leading Antoine, I'm going to ride his ass harder than I've ever rode his ass before because I know he wants to keep that momentum going. And I don't want him to feel comfortable. It's not that I'm not proud of Antoine. It's not that I don't want to recognize the amazing accomplishments that he's had. But if I want him to continue that to be his new standard, him build that as a foundation block of his future success, He's got to keep doing that activity and he needs pushed. And I think we have that opposite. Most leaders, when someone does something good, they they kind of back off, right? And they're like, hey, Antoine, you did great, man. Take a break. But I don't think, I think we lead people the wrong way. And so I think there's a lot that you broke down there. The market is tough. Things, times are tough. You have went to reinforcing positivity, reinforcing positivity, celebrating their accomplishment, acknowledging things that they are doing great, acknowledging the activities not the results, right? We've talked a lot about that. Yes. I think that goes back to servant leadership and how to get people through tough times. And right now we're in tough times in real estate. <clears throat> uh, yes, we are. And yeah, I, uh, I struggle with that, man. I appreciate you saying that because the, the 
positive reinforcement on the activities, like being attached to the process and not the result, right? And giving the shout outs. And that's one thing I can say, Matt, I'm extremely proud of, of our wonderful team, is that our culture is continuing to get better. One thing I learned is culture is either getting better or worse. And I believe here in 2023, in a time where the market is down, where things are tough, we I've there's been times I had to vent to you and I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm losing even more hair, man. I don't know what to do, right? In those times, our culture has continued to improve. We've had, we brought on some agents that are, I'm just so thankful, right? They come in and they're showing the old school agents, they're showing our OGs how it's done. Yep. They're leading the team in conversations and all that stuff. So I'm just proud. I just want to give a shout out to the team is I am so thankful that our culture is improving in a time where the market is, is down. Dude, our and that's by design, better. and that's a product of amazing people and amazing culture, but also an amazing leadership and amazing, like as a from a coaching perspective, how many times have we had conversations and it's about how can we improve our culture during these times, right? Like that's that's been our focus. And so that doesn't happen without you wanting to improve it. So I want to acknowledge you for that. And of course, everyone on the team for putting in the work and contributing. Um, I, I truly believe that culture is a living, breathing thing. And it is getting better or worse each and every day. Too many people skate through and they say, well, I have a good culture. So now it's just plug and play. Let's just set it and forget it, Right. But what happens is it by default, even if it were to stay the same, the world passes it by. And so it is getting worse, even if it's not getting worse, because everything else is improving and evolving. And so we have to constantly work on it each and every day. So I absolutely love that. Um, dude, let's dive a little deeper on if there's agents listening, this has been a lot of leadership stuff, which I think is relevant for everyone. But if there's an agent listening right now that is kind of struggling in this marketplace, what is like a tip that you would give them um, that would help with this mindset set, this reinforcement, this positivity? What are some things that are some takeaways that you could that an agent could put into practice today to get back on track to use this this obstacle of a marketplace as an opportunity for growth? <clears throat> okay, Matt. So I can I can talk forever on this. I'm gonna try to keep it very simple. Talk to more people, meet with more people, and build your skills. Okay. But I, so I can I can expound on it further. When it comes to talking to more people, I know a lot of agents. Like if you're an agent right now, you're trying to to sustain or build your business in today's market. You should know how many people you're talking to per day on average. You gotta track your numbers. Right. So take you the action, but it, make sure you don't measure it. You can't improve it. 100%. Right. And, and you can't be coached on it. That's right. That's the, like, you, if you, you know, yeah. you, you're, you're putting your coach in handcuffs. That's right. So make sure you're tracking your numbers. So if you are, let's say you're averaging five conversations a day in today's market, I want you to do this. Number one, if you have a family, I want you to go to your family. I want you to sit down with them. I want you to show them your numbers and the results that your current numbers are getting you. And I want you to ask your family, is it okay if over the next three months that daddy, if you have kids and, 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 and you know, if you're a man or a wife, if your spouse will allow you for the season to put in more work, which means there could be less time <clears throat> to spend with family, but it's by design. And if they give you that blessing, now it's up to you to take the action. If you're averaging five conversations, you need to get to 10. You need to get to 15 per day. That's number one. Number two is, and this should happen organically, 
is if you're talking to more people, you should then meet with more people. So when you're meeting with people, let's unpack that. Let's, let's unpack number one first. That's so good. Okay. Like whenever you say go and get your family's involvement, I think there's two parts that I want to unpack. Number one, when is the last time most agents have took a body of work? Let's go to the last three months, the last six months, unpack all of your numbers that you've been tracking and let's put them on the table and let's see where we stand. Let's get let's grade ourselves on our performance. Let's watch our game film of this activity produce this result. Where is the gaps? Where can we grow? Where can we improve? First and foremost, you said that without saying that. I want to make that clear that you have to be able to watch your own game film and find those gaps in your performance so you have room for growth. The growth is in the gaps. So where are the gaps so you can grow? It can be a skill set gap. It can be an activity gap. There's multiple gaps. So where's your biggest gap? Where can you improve? Second is sit down with your family. Dude, this, this is a personal story for me. I remember getting started in real estate. Um, my story was, dude, I was completely broke. Three months behind on my electric bill. Had a six-week-old baby at home. My wife had two emergency surgeries. Was on her deathbed. Like it was, it was dire straits. From I went from completely broke to thankfully my wife pulled through. Everything um, is now great. We have two beautiful kids. Like amazing. All of it, all of it worked out. But during those tough times. I did not see my daughter for a year and a half unless she was sleeping. Now I'm exaggerating where there are times I saw her. Sure. But there's more times where daddy was working. I had to go build something because I was never going back. I have that work ethic. I'm willing to do that, but I also have to draw boundaries. And so now I fast forward to, to right now in this marketplace. And I've done this throughout my journey. And so no matter where you're at in your journey, whether you're an agent that's just getting started, you're you're somewhat successful, you want to take it to the next level, you want to build a team, wherever you're at in your journey, it is your story. But I think the importance is at multiple times during my story, I've sat down and talked with my family and I've got them involved. And so what do I mean by getting them involved? As an example, I've got six trips planned, probably will be eight by the end of the year between now and the end of the year. I'm going to be spending a lot of time away from my family. I work a lot of hours. I wake up at 4.35 a.m. Sometimes I don't get home until after the kids are in bed. It's just part of my life. I just work a lot. I love what I do. I love to help people. And so I I put in a lot of hours. So I do what I can to get my family involved in that. But I also don't want my kids to have a negative connotation in work. So what do I tell them that daddy's work does? We help people. We help people change their lives. We help people where they can buy a house. There's people that don't have a roof over their head. They need daddy's help. There's people that don't see all this food in the fridge, see all these clothes that you got for school. There's people that don't have that. And I'm going to go help them get that for themselves. And that's the language that I speak to my kids. And so now they don't think, well, daddy's going to work. Daddy's going to help people. And now they they not they miss me. But when, literally, I'll do a FaceTime from like a hotel room at an event or something. And they'll be like, hey, how many people did you help today, dad? Right. Like that's that's the conversations that we have. And so all of that has been done intentionally. And so I think it's really important that people do that. But I also think that, like, let's say that you sit down and you're like, hey, here's the results that we've had. And daddy's going to have to do more work. Mommy's going to have to do more work. Me as a husband, as a spouse, as a, whatever your situation is, whoever you have this conversation with is going to have to spend more time doing more work to get the result that we desire. Get their buy in. Be upfront and honest before, not after. 
And if you get them, you develop the plan and they are bought into the plan, it makes that journey way easier. You don't have the guilt, you have their support and you're in it together. And it makes a world of difference when you're trying to build something, you're trying to do something during tough times. If you don't have the people you love the most supporting you, it makes it 10 times harder. And most of the time, it's not that those people don't want to support you. It's that they don't understand why you're doing it. And they feel like you are you are letting them down and you are not putting them as a priority. But if you have the conversation and say, I'm putting you so much as a priority, here's what I need to do so we can do this. And they, you have their buy-in and their support. It makes it 10 times easier. I love that. Uh, it, it makes me think about when I first got into real estate, a big reason why I helped 31 families my first year, was able to help 45 the second to go up to 50. And, and I kept going, going, going is because my greatest accountability partners were my kids. Yep. I, I told them that, and they were old enough to where they could, they could, they knew what Disney world was. And I told them every single day, cause I, I would, when I came into real estate, I had a contact, we call it a conversation goal. Like I had to talk to a certain amount of people per day. And I asked my kids, I said, every single day when dad comes home, I want you to ask me, did that daddy, did you talk to 25 people so we can go to Disney world? And I made a commitment. We're going to go to Disney world by this time. Yep. Hold me accountable. So imagine coming home and your family is that bought in and the, and the kids are excited because they know that by daddy helping people, like Matt said, I also get to go to Disney world. They're going to be invested. And that's all the motivation that you need. I think what you mentioned, a lot of us don't understand the why behind it. Yeah. Us as the, as, as, as the agent, we don't understand why we wake up and we come to work and we get rejected on the phone and, we put on, uh, you know, but then if your family doesn't understand it either, yeah, yes. there's going to be a disconnect. Imagine if both of you combined together, we're all on the same page. I'm telling you, it makes a major impact. And we're both telling you this, not from theory, but yeah. he just shared his example and I just shared mine. This has made a major impact in our lives. So that would be the first thing. Well, not not even only on the, the days that you need the accountability, but let's say that you have a bad day. You have a tough yeah. day. You have a day where you're like, what is this even worth it? I'm I'm sure you've had these days like, I don't even know yeah. if this is worth it anymore. I'm, a, I'm thinking about throwing in the towel. Instead of that spouse, that kid, that support system in your life being like, it's about time. I've wanted you to spend more time with me. Instead of them doing that, by having this conversation, they're like, no, we had a plan. We had a goal. I'm not going to let you let yourself down. And they help you get back on track when you like imagine the power of that. Like a quick example of the story of that is um, I've done 75 hard four times. It's a mental toughness challenge. If you're interested in that, I done I did an episode on that. Go back and find it and listen. It can absolutely transform the trajectory of your life. It is that powerful of a program and it costs you nothing. However, my first time doing it, I was drinking five times a, a, five nights a week at least. I was not healthy. I was out of shape. I was depressed. I was a busy business owner that all I did, all I knew was work. I was just detached from life. I was 45 pounds overweight. It was just, I was not in a good spot. I said, I need something to get me back on track. And I'm an extremist, right? And so I needed to find something to be obsessed with. And so I found the hardest challenge I could find. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I did it. I committed to it. I went through, I was on day 50 something. And I remember going to my wife. And I said, I can't do this anymore. It's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel terrible. I'm not giving what I need to give to you. 
I'm not giving what I need to give to my kids. I'm not giving what I need to give to work. This stupid program is doing nothing but breaking me down and taking me away from the things that are important to me in life. And because she was on the same page and she understood why I was doing it, she said, stop. Like, I get emotional thinking about this. Like, this was, this was a pivotal moment for me. She said, you are the best husband you have been in three years. You are the best dad that you've ever been. And look at all these people that are supporting you, watching you in your journey. You owe it to yourself and them to finish. I'm not going to let you quit. Imagine having that level of support by people in your life on your journey, your version of 75R, your version of those 10 conversations a day. Are you more likely to accomplish your goals and dreams now? 100%. That's the power of the first thing that Antoine said. That's why I wanted to break that down. Hey, that's, that's great. Um, man, so number one, it would, and it's number one because it's the most important. Yep. Number two is meet with more people. And this is something that we've been really rolling out extremely aggressive, like over the past couple of weeks is when you meet with people, are you providing value? Like, what are you presenting? Are you yes. presenting anything to these people? And are you being able, are you, do you have the ability to articulate your value? Because there's tons of agents. I heard in like in Arizona, out of every seven people, one person has their license. It's yes. like crazy out there, right? It's not that crazy here in Indiana, but I know every single person we talk to knows at least one or two agents. Yep. So when you meet with these people, make sure you're bringing some value and they feel comfortable and confident to work with you. Not just bringing that value, but you're able to articulate that value. Yes. Here's a writer downer for everyone listening. Value unarticulated is value unappreciated. If yes. you want people to appreciate the value you provide, you have to become a great communicator and articulate that value on the radio frequency that everyone operates on. And that is WIFM. What's in it for me? What is your value doing to help them in their lives? And if you are not an expert at articulating that value, it will never, ever be appreciated. Yes. And, and that leads me into number three is build skills masterfully. Like you yes. got to build skills, but you don't get to building the skills if you're not getting the reps in. A lot of people, this goes back to the very beginning of this podcast where we talked about like, you got to be a lifelong learner, but you also got to take action too, right? If you try to learn all these scripts and do all the stuff, but you're not taking action. If you try to learn this presentation, but you're not taking action, you're never going to get to present to a lot of people. It's the context, it's the experience that helps you build the skills, right? And then getting feedback on it. So build the skills. And actually we touched on this yesterday. When you talk to people and you're building the skills, you got to learn how to close. You got to learn how to be able to move that ball down the field. You got to help these people make a decision. You're not helping them necessarily like you're not making them do something they don't want to do, but you're helping them make an informed decision. Yes. And that comes from being able to have skills, provide, articulate value, and then close. That's something yep. that, and I'm, I love, I love sales skills and stuff like that. We teached on yesterday. I don't know if I should give the magic formula on the podcast, man. But man, there's a there's a technique. You're a contributor, man. I know I can't <laughs> stop you now. You're gonna do it. Hey, there's a there's a technique that we that I, I taught the team yesterday. It's something that I came up with, and it's called the scorpion technique. And you gotta be able to help close people to move forward and take an action, give them the confidence to be able to take action. For example, let's say that I'm talking to Matt. Matt's a buyer. Matt says, you know, I don't want to make a move because of interest rates. And I say, you know what, Matt? That's a common concern most people that I talk to have. And what I really hear you saying is, 
You're committed to making the best financial decision for you and your family. Is that what you're saying? That's what we call a level shift. Matt will say, well, yeah, everybody wants to make a smart financial decision for them and their, their families. So then I say, well, Matt, that's exactly why people like you hire my team and I. We specialize in helping people in your situation make smart financial decisions when it comes to buying homes. And that is what you want, correct? Matt says, yes. Matt, and you did mention that you want to get moved to Kansas by summertime, right? Yes. Matt, if there was a way, number one, that we can help find you off-market opportunities that will help you save money and be able to give you an action plan, a strategy that's going to help you be able to find a home in less hassle, less time, would it be worth meeting with me for 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, sure. It would. If you don't know how to close yep. and you wait for them to just say, oh my God, take me. It's, yep. <laughs> you're not going to help a lot of people. Dude, so if you do those, love it. that's I, a scorpion technique. That. Hey, yeah. that is a scorpion technique. So if you're going to use it, all I ask is that you give a shout out to Matt and myself as to where you heard it. That's all I <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. So there's so <laughs> much there inside of that close. That dialogue was was stellar, is on point. It was amazing. Um, there's a couple things I want to point out for when people are going to close. Closing has a bad rap in sales. That's because people have bad intentions. So I used to say in my organization, we don't sell people, we help people. I now have corrected that. People don't need sold. They don't need helped in this marketplace. They need led. They need you to be the leader to help them make an educated and informed decision for themselves and their family. If we rely on the pandemic market mindset of we are order takers as real estate agents, we are going to be left behind. It is our job to facilitate an environment to get them to say yes to what is in their best interest. So again, like I said, is in their best interest. And it's not manipulation. It is influence. It is helping them remove the barriers, remove the obstacles, remove the impediments that are in their way of making an educated and informed decision for themselves. Sometimes they just need led through that process. And Antoine displayed that beautifully. He got them to say yes multiple times, got rid of the sales skepticism, reinsured confidence, got rid of the doubt. And then he has a plan for a meeting to build a plan. That's all he did. That was the close. The close wasn't, hey, sign here. The close was, I need to meet with you so I can see how I can help you further. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think there's there's a difference there. And I think it's important that, that dude, that was great. And I think people should absolutely steal that. But I just wanted to break that down from my perspective a little. Yeah, I told the team yesterday, the difference between help and man manipulation is intention. Yep. Everybody here has in their heart, they want to help people because otherwise you wouldn't be on this team. Yep. So the way and the, the, that's where the name Silver Lining comes from in our Silver Lining Real Estate Group is, is putting people over profits. It's being the silver lining in a broken industry like real estate. How can we raise the standards of our industry? And I know we can't change the world overnight but we can start in our community. How can we increase the standards of the quality of service that people in our, in, our, in our community are getting from the real estate industry? Well, we can do that by just making a decision and committing to those new standards. And we're going to be that silver lining. Dude, I so love people, it. Yeah, I love yeah, that's what it's about. I, I, yeah, that's, that's why you're building a great culture. That's why people are um, 
jumping in the middle of traffic to join you. Um, I'm looking at some numbers, some notes that I took here. Why I say that is, again, I have a behind the curtains look at your organization. And I asked you two-ish weeks ago, hey, send me your recruiting numbers for the year. And as an example, Antoine has met with 112 people as of two weeks ago that are interested in joining his real estate team in the middle of cornfields in small town, Indiana, right? So um, it's, what's your excuse? What is your limiting belief? And I think that it's, are you articulating the value? Are you building a culture? Are you actually leading people and helping people? Do you have an opportunity to provide to them? And I think that um, we have to make sure we get out of our own way and realize that sometimes our mindset limits us from growing when we don't even realize it. And there's a lot of people that would love to have your recruiting numbers that you have in big cities, right? Like let's use, use Arizona as an example. One out of seven people have a real estate license. That's not the market you're in, but you haven't let that stop you from meeting with 112 people that want to join your team as a real estate agent. No. Right. No. Like I think that, that there's a lot to that. So did I want to unpack a couple of things? I think one of the, let's go back. Let's recap your three keys to success. What were those three keys again, in case someone missed those? Do you remember those? Do you have those written down? Talk to more people, meet yep. with more people, and build skills. Cool. And of course, we we broke those down in depth, but I just always like to recap. Sometimes my brain works too fast, and I want to slow down a little. Um, but I want to talk about something else that I think is important, and I think you would agree, is finding a mentor finding a coach, finding someone that truly wants to help you, to hold you accountable, to bounce ideas off of, to learn from their mistakes, to skip steps in the process. How has mentorship, coaching had an impact on your personal and professional life over the years? So coaching has been a major impact ever since I got into real estate. I remember my my first year, I hired a coach and it was not cheap and I did not have the money, but I committed and I made it happen. And literally it was just an accountability coach. I mean, it, it's what a, everybody knows the company. I'm not going to say the company name, but, um, and, and they really helped me. Uh, so I've had a coach out of my decade of being a real estate. I had a coach for seven of those years. Okay. And I'm here to tell you, I here here's let me let me get some context. I had a coach up until 2020. I stopped having that coach, had a great year. And because of that great year, I thought mm -hmm. I didn't need a coach anymore. I thought I didn't need a coach anymore. Now, here here's the thing. If and, and keep in mind, too, sometimes you have coaches for seasons and mentors for seasons. Right. Yes. I had a coach that taught me how to sell at a, at a high level. I learned how to sell real estate from this first coach. My second coach, I learned how to build a team, but it was a very small scale team. And when I left that coach, it was a period of two years where I didn't have a coach. I took what I learned from that, the, the having a small scale Navy SEALs team coaching. And because of that, I didn't bring on the next level coach. It stunted my growth. Okay. The next coach that came into my life was Matt. Because we're thinking bigger now. We're thinking bigger. So coaching is extremely important. Mentorship, 
being in the right rooms, being around people who are doing things at a level that you don't even think you could get to. You got to be around these people. You got to talk to these people. Proximity is power. Yes. I know it's cliche. I know people say it all the time. I'm telling you right now, I literally, all right, here's the last time I throw it to you. I literally peer pressured one of our newest agents to come to this uh, conference with me in San, San Diego next month. He was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I can, if I could swing it, blah, blah, blah. I told him proximity is power, dude. You got to be around people. Yeah. Being around me is great. But what if you could be around a hundred more people that have done big things and it would expose you to a whole nother, whole nother level of thinking. Would that impact your yep. business? It would. So that's how important it is. You got to expose yourself. You got to be around people. You got to be coached. You got to have mentorship. You have to, and it has to have a, so I think that, thank you for sharing that. Cause there's, you reminded me of a little bit of my path because I think a lot of us fall into that trap is that we, we think we have it all figured out and we don't need to coach anymore. Right. And like, I go back to my journey. If I hired my coach, John Cheplak, and if I would not have done that, I would not be where I'm at today. Right. There's um, not only am I now, my team is amazing. We're continually growing. Like he's taught me leadership, so many things, but he's also opened up doors of opportunity for me now to do another passion project of mine, which is be a coach, which is to have these podcasts, which is to do these things because of that relationship and that alignment that I, that I made. But in addition to that, my agents on my team that rely on me each and every day would not have the financial success that they have in their life without him in my life. And so I think that there's there's an alignment to that. And I think sometimes, like you said, you went a couple of years without a coach. Sometimes we think times are good. We don't need help. But if I were to ask, if I were to wave a magic wand and say, you can go back three years from today and you can go back three years ago, how would you do your business differently three years from now? There is not one person listening that doesn't wish they would have taken more advantage of the opportunity we had during the pandemic market. Yeah. We all wish if we could go back and redo it, we would do it completely different. There was so much room for the taking, but times were so good. We sat back and we relaxed. Yep. So I think sometimes we, we, we interpret that the wrong way when times are good is almost more of the time you need that coach yeah. versus when times Right. Because when yep. times are bad, you just need accountability. You know, you're not doing the actions that you know you need to do. Right. Yep. Like there's not a coach is kind of handcuffed other than are you taking the action? If you're not taking the action, I, I there's nothing I can do. Right. right? Um, but if but if times are good, how can we make them even better? How can we make them excellent or elite? And I think that's where having that mentorship really comes into play. Yep. I think John said it. Yeah, he said. When. When times are good, you're most vulnerable. Yes. It's so true. Uh, because, man, if I would have, you know, just being involved with being around people like you and, and you know, John and just all you guys and gals that are high level achievers, I, I thank God every day for putting me in a position that I'm in. However, it's like, let's imagine where we'd be if I would have had you guys in my life two years ago. Three years ago. Oh, yep. my gosh, dude, it wouldn't even. So, I again, you know, you guys, people come into your life when they when they're supposed to. Right. But knowing what I know now, it's like, man, yep. I, I'm just more of a believer in coaching now. It's just that's what it comes down to. 
That's awesome, man. And well, I think it's because you're putting in the work. You're willing to be coachable. You're willing to be vulnerable. You want to grow as a leader. You want to grow um, your knowledge, your skill set. And it, it's it's showing in the growth of your organization. I mean, not many people are beating the market by 29%, right? Um, so yeah. I think that that all goes to a lot of con contributions and it shows um, your ability as a leader, the amazing talent you have on your team and your willingness to continue to build that. So um, kudos to you guys. I think it's phenomenal. Um, dude, this is there's like eight other things I want to talk about that we didn't get to. Um, and I'm running out of time, but we'll, maybe we'll do part two. This has been amazing. I appreciate your take, your input. I appreciate your contributions, um, your friendship as always. I know people got value from this. So I appreciate your time. You give them back. I'm going to end on one question. This is my favorite question. I've asked this in interviews in my organization since day one. And it's time to bring it to the to the real world. I think it's my favorite question of all time. And so I'm gonna you're my first guest that I'm asking this question to. Okay, I'm on. So you have to pick one. There is no there is no right or wrong answer, but you have to pick one. You got a gun in your head. You have to pick one. Which one describes Antoine more? You love to win or you hate to lose? I hate to lose. Hundred percent. Why? For me, again, I, I mentioned this earlier that, you know, I, I feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough. I'm always running away from something. Right. Mm. I'm running towards like like if you think about it, if and I hope this doesn't happen. So I'm going to knock on wood, but I'm running away from the pain because well, we'll use this example. Let's say my family was at gunpoint, held a, held a gunpoint. That is all that is anybody's going to be extremely motivated to level 100 to do whatever they got to do. Let's say, you know what, Antoine, I'm going to hurt your family if you don't close 100 deals this year. I bet you I close 100 deals. I don't give a damn what the market says. Yep. Yep. It's because I'm running. I'm running away from the pain of, of, of losing my family. So for me personally, I hate to lose. I, I, I cannot stand it. I'm extremely competitive. I mean, even down yep. to playing NBA 2K or playing basketball or even in a Dude, role how many play. remotes have you broken as a kid, right? Like Dude, I used to break the remotes all the time. I'm with We you. got into fights. <laughs> I love so it. So it's, it's just the way it is, you know, and and I, I don't know. I was raised. I was wired that way, but definitely hate to lose for me. So, dude, I love it. I'm the same thing. The reason I love that question some people ponder over it. They go, well, I, both. You can't have both, right? Like, of course, we love to win and we hate to lose. Most people are both, right? But which one is more and resonates with you? Because I think there's a couple parts. Number one, it helps me as an outsider understand what makes you tick. But I also think the way you articulated that as a coach, honestly, it helps me find what your motivation is now. And then also, it also as a friend, it'll help me get you more of that love to win. Because mm. what will happen is if you hate to lose too much, and I've been there, don't get me wrong, I've got that bad guy on my shoulder. I've got the people that told me the naysayers, the haters, the people told me yeah. I couldn't. I still got that, right? Um, but I think life becomes way more enjoyable when you have that when you need it, but you also have something that you're going towards. That's a bigger mission and a bigger, bigger passion for you. So um, I think mm. it's important to have both, but I also love um, people reflecting on that question to see what motivates them. Because if you know what motivates you, what drives you, who you are as a person, you'll accomplish more things. Yeah. Uh, one thing, Matt, we had a conversation about slideshows. Remember? Yeah. Last coaching call. Yep. Even 
even that, like the because I got outvoted. Now, I, now I, I'm a listen, I'm I'm not a sore loser like I used to be. Right. Are you talking I, about I where on. I told your COO to give you a hard time because yeah, because um, you were that one? 100 percent. And <laughs> naturally, I was I was pissed. I was like, man, because we argued for we debated for an hour and a half the night before. Yeah. Right. So even little bitty things like that, it kind of irks me to where it's like. OK, cool, cool. So you know what I did? And the, the, the yesterday I gave a training. And I, I took what you guys said as far as the, uh, um, you know, the slideshows and have a less on it and have have a more visuals. I literally took all that that you guys told me, proving me wrong. And I made the training based on that. And it worked. It worked. But my my getting my point across was I was going to give the most badass training I've ever given. Yep. So it fired me up to just give a better training. I use that well, anger as a way to fire you. Yeah. There we go. I love yeah. it. So I yeah. guess I hate to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. Dude, I got to run. I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your contribution. I know you gave value to, to the people, so I appreciate you. Um, we'll be talking Likewise. soon. And as always, I'm here if you need anything. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, give Antoine a shout out. Share this with a friend. I know that you guys got value from this episode. Um, so All or Nothing Real Estate is a movement. It is free. We do this to give back. We do this out of the kindness of my heart. So if you got value from this episode, which I know that you did, do us a favor and share this with a friend. We're trying to give back and help people. Um, and last thing I've got to note here, if I don't do this, Colin, who is the co-host of the show, will fire me. Um, check out our new website, allornothinginrealestate.com. You can access the podcast there. You can access webinars, free trainings, et cetera. Um, it's a work in progress, but it's a placeholder for all of our free content that we're doing to give back. So go check it out. Thank you for listening, guys. Appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. 